0: principles of kingdom authority and last week uh, we began part one of a message entitled The Problem of Unworthy Authorities. The Problem of Unworthy Authorities and uh, part one is uh, on our church Facebook page if you weren't here uh, uh, to be able to uh, look back on that and uh, we'll just We we won't do a review necessarily, uh, but we'll talk about a couple of the things that uh, we introduce when we talk about kingdom authority. And one of the things that, uh, as we talk about uh, unworthy authorities, we're talking about godless governments, bad bosses, and mean spouses. Those were the areas where the Bible addresses uh, the subject of uh, unworthy authorities. Yeah. Uh, it's very difficult, very difficult to uh, respect people that are not respectable. True. You know, there's some people that by the way they conduct themselves, even though they have a position, even though the position has authority, Uh, the way that they conduct themselves uh, will make us look down upon them. And uh, so uh, we began, as I said, talking about godless governments, bad bosses, and mean spouses. And at the beginning we established a principle that says, uh, and and the scripture backs us up, it says God establishes earthly authority. But God does not give kingdom authority to rebels. Uh, Early on in the series, we talked about uh, the Roman centurion. Can you kind of stop that from rotating for me? We talked about the Roman centurion and uh, how he invited Jesus, uh, or or he asked Jesus, push the button up right in the back, there you go, he invited Jesus, or he, he asked Jesus to come, and uh, he had a servant that was sick yeah. and near death. And uh, the uh, Jews around vouched said, oh, he's a, he's, a, he, he's a good man, he helps us, and so forth and so on. And so Jesus was going to the house of the Roman centurion, and then the Roman centurion sent word and said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house but I'm a man under authority. And I tell one to go, he goes. I tell another one to come, he comes. He said, I understand authority. I understand kingdom authority. And I understand that you operate and that you have kingdom authority. You don't have to come to my house. All you've got to do is send your word. And when Jesus heard that, He looked around at the disciples that were there and said, did you hear what he said? He said, I haven't haven't seen this faith. I haven't found this much faith even among uh, uh, Israel. So uh, we we began with the premise that as children of God, uh, there is a level of kingdom authority that We're not to be victims. We're not to. uh, We're supposed to be more than conquerors through Christ. And uh, we gave clarity. And 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 and, uh, I won't go into all of it, but you you could go back to some of the former messages. But I talked about the fact that our kingdom authority uh, operates in the sphere of the world system, the flesh, and the devil, demonic forces. Those are the areas where. You see, Adam and Eve, uh, when they were first created, they were given uh, uh, authority and dominion uh, over the natural world, over the animal kingdom. Uh, 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 God said, let us make them in our image after our likeness, that they, and, and they'll have dominion. They had uh, uh, a, 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 a uh, dominion that operated uh, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in its fullness. But it was lost in the fall. But Jesus came uh, uh, to redeem us, and uh, we haven't got the full scope of authority back, uh, but we've got a measure of it. The Bible says, uh, it talks about how that we have a measure of it. And I talked about how that measure uh, uh, operates uh, in, in those three areas, the world system, the flesh, and the devil. And, and, and we don't have to let it dictate to us. We don't have to let it run us. Amen. When we are in proper position uh, and in right standing with God, our words can carry weight. Yes. But one of the principles that the scripture establishes is that God has established earthly authorities. Now, when I talk about earthly authority, I'm not talking about kingdom authority. God has established earthly authorities. But God does not give kingdom authority to rebels. And we uh, have talked about that uh, in previous messages. And so, when we start talking about the problem of unworthy authorities, we, 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 we mention the fact that God gives kingdom authority to his children who have a spirit of submission. Even when those earthly authorities over them are not worthy of submission. And when I started this message last week, I said, uh, we began to talk about some scriptures over in 1 Peter, uh, chapters two and three. We began to talk about some scriptures that a lot of times, those are scriptures that are hard on our flesh. Those are scriptures that uh, we tend to try to shy away, stay away from. because it doesn't agree with us, when you start talking about uh, being submissive and honoring uh, kings and, and 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 leaders and so forth and so on, and especially in the political climate that we live in today, it's getting increasingly harder and harder. But how many know God's word is right, and somebody is wrong? So. Last week we talked about the principle of submission. And, 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 and I was talking with somebody and I said, you know, you know I, I, I can't really explain it uh, very well, but one of the principles that I've seen over and over in Scripture, is, and, and, and I've seen it uh, played out in life as well, is that those whom God would use greatly he allows them to be hurt deeply. Yeah. It's something about uh, how God strategically yeah. uses mm-hmm. suffering, and our response to suffering to work something out in us that evidently can can can, can only be worked out that way. Yeah. That's the only way I can explain it. Uh but God uses it strategically. And our response has to be as strategic as well. And so we talked about the principle uh, of submission. And uh, when we talked about the principle of submission, uh, we stated it this way, kingdom authority works in a unique way. We will never be over Uh, uh, what we're supposed to be over, have authority over what we're supposed to be over until we're under those things that God has placed over us. Gave the scripture reference from 1 Peter 2.13. It said, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. And I also... Note that it. it's interesting that God used Peter and gave the revelation to Peter because anybody who knows the reputation of Peter, Peter was a rascal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Peter was one who spoke first and thought, you know, uh, later. Peter was, was rough. Peter, uh, when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter was the one who pulled out his sword and cut off one of the the, the, the uh, high priest servant's ear. And Jesus had to, amen, put the ear back and and, and heal him. That's the kind of person Peter was. Peter was not, in the natural, a submissive person. But something happened to Peter. Something happened to him after he he, uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And God began to give him some insight and understanding. And Peter began to understand about Uh, uh, spiritual authority doesn't operate like natural authority. Jesus said, you're not going to be like uh, the kings and the Gentiles. Those that would be great among you are going uh, to be the servant. So uh, that principle of spiritual authority is unique amen in the way that it works. Uh, And we talked about the places of submission. We talked about the areas that the Bible speaks to uh, when it comes to submission, and those areas were uh, submission uh, to governments that might not, uh, amen, be godly. We're not talking about uh, uh, Christian governments, so, but 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 uh, the Bible talked about submitting and 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 honoring kings that weren't honorable and and and. Uh, Submission to godless governments, submission to bad bosses. You know, those are some of those scriptures that we don't like to read because it says, "slave obey your master." Wow. And it said not only the good ones. You know, it, it, you know, and 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 we don't, you know, we're not slaves now. And 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 I think uniquely for us, with the heritage that we have as Black people. Some of those scriptures are hard to swallow. And, 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 and there is a natural, or, or uh, I, I want to say natural, I don't know if it's natural, but there's a natural resistance that rises up in us uh, whenever we hear uh, slaves and, and, and obey your masters and even the ones that are harsh. And, 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 uh, and, 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 and sometimes uh, we wish that wasn't even in the Bible. I know some people that when they get to those parts, they, they just kind of uh, either ignore it. I know some who gotten so angry when they saw some of those scriptures that they literally tore that out of their Bible. Wow. I don't have the time to go into it, but let, let me just say this. Uh, the Bible does not endorse slavery. It does not endorse it. It does not promote it. And, uh, but what, 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 say this word with me strategically. <laughs> what was going on strategically, the Holy Spirit used the apostles to, uh, they, were, they, they, they were the minority in a world system. The Roman system uh, 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 consisted of slaves, yeah. and it played a great part uh, uh, in. The Roman economy, yeah. and so the 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 the, the uh, instructions that were given was not an endorsement of the system, but it was wisdom in order to be able to survive a system, yeah. Yeah. and to affect a system, yes. and to eventually bring down a system. Yeah. Y'all hear what I'm saying? In in, in essence, uh, the way slavery was practiced in the Roman government, it was the growth of the church and the effect of the gospel that helped to crumble the slave system in Rome. And so the the instructions that they gave was not to promote it, but to be able to survive it and to overcome it. Yeah. Do, do, you all, do you all get in the context of what I'm saying here? Uh, and, and sometimes, in, 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 you know, sometimes in order to be to be able to fight it and win, you got to stay in the fight. Yes. you you, you got to survive. So, Amen. You've you got to survive before you thrive. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, submission to godless government, submission to bad bosses, submission to mean spouses. Now, we talked about how to be a light on your job or in your home. And, uh, you know, the Bible said, let your light shine. Amen. Not make your light shine. And uh, we gave... uh, in short phrases, uh, the strategy. Uh, because somebody say, "Well, uh, I'm, 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 the, I'm the only one saved in my house. I'm the only one that's saved on my job, and I'm being persecuted on my job, and 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 uh, uh, you know, I'm not getting the the, the recognition and the raises, and, and and they're taking advantage of me. And and, and, and you know, for some." If, if they're not being treated right on their job, for some, they think, well, uh, I'm out of here. I, 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 I don't have to put up with this. I, I, I can get me another job somewhere else. Well, sometimes what we have to do is we have to say, Lord, is there a reason that you got me on this job? Is there a reason that I'm here? Is there a reason that I'm not only a Christian and look like, amen, all the flack is coming at me? Uh, and, and, and and if you de- determine that God has you there for a reason, then these uh, suggestions will help you let your light shine on the job. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: And I included, amen, even letting our light shine in the home. Because, you know, sometimes we can have situations where one person is saved and the other person is not saved. And, uh, don't understand and and, and 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 what have you. So how do you how do you let your light shine? Amen. Uh and we got the scriptural principles and the scriptural reference, but amen. We said number one, don't brag. Amen. They know you're different. You ain't gotta brag. You, you, uh, uh, you let your light shine. Don't brag. Amen. Number two, don't nag. We read the scriptures last week. We won't go into them, but you can have the references there. Don't nag. Uh, uh, Nagging is never going to win somebody over. Amen. Uh, You know, there are people who talk a whole lot of stuff, and, 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 and they end up having people more upset because of the stuff they're talking. So don't brag. Don't nag. And then number three, don't lag. In other words, on the job or in the home, make sure you are doing your part and sometimes even more than your part. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Sometimes we get upset, and we strike. We strike on the job. We strike at home. And, 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 and then, you know, and, and, and the communication and the atmosphere and so forth and so on, they made me mad. They, they, they—they're uh, they, they, not treating me right, and so I'm gonna get back at them. Well, that's not letting your light shine on the job. That's not letting your light shine in the home. You, you don't, 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 don't brag. Don't nag. Don't, don't lag. Do your part. If it don't work. I want to have the confidence to know that I did my part. I did what was required of me. Y'all with me here? And then number four, and I'll move on because we talked about this last week, don't sag. And I told you last week, amen, there's a picture that comes to my mind about sagging. Some of these young men, I've seen some of these old men out here with their underwear showing. And so that's the first picture that comes to my mind. Don't sag. But what I'm trying to communicate with First Peter three fifteen, don't sag. What we're saying there is that you're the believer, yeah. and the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't mope around. Don't act like uh, 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 you you know. Don't, don't act like you're sucking on lemons. Don't amen. Let your light shine. Remember the old song that we used to sing, this joy that I had, The world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Yeah. And you know something, it's is, is, is interesting. Uh, I remember the story of a uh, young, young man working on a farm, and, and he got saved in a revival. And uh, he just loved God and was full of God and the joy of the Lord. And uh, he worked for a mean Farm, And uh, he came to work just singing and, and happy and joyful. And, and, and some folks, because they mad, they want to make your life miserable. And so the farmer's like, you come here singing and and, you know, and, and the, the, the farmer decided, I'm going to give him some of the worst jobs to do. I'll stop that singing. I'll get that smile off his face. And so he gave this young man some of the worst jobs uh, uh, around the farm to do. And the young man just jumped in and worked and 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 kept singing and kept smiling and and it was just driving this farmer crazy. And he was watching him, watching him, seeing if he was going to loaf, seeing if he was going to slack off. He kept singing, kept praising God, kept working. Yes. And so finally, uh, he said, "Well, I know what I'll do. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, we've been meaning to clean the the hog pen for a while. I'm going to make him uh, clean out the hog pen. I know." That'll stop his singing. The the smell alone uh, will make him shut his mouth. Young man got in that hog pen and and start shoveling and moving manure around and and what have you. Still singing, still happy, still joyful. That thing needed that farmer so until he said, you're remarkable. Your your attitude, I've given you the hardest and the dirtiest jobs around to do. And, and, and you still got an excellent attitude. And, and the farmer said to him, I want what you got.
1: Hallelujah.
0: But I don't want to get where you are to get it. <laughs> and the boy looked up at the farmer and he said, well, you won't get it until you're willing. Amen. Amen. You got to be willing. You know, the Bible says, who be willing and obedient will get the good of the land. And, uh, but, but that boy, his attitude was so infectious that the farmer was saying, you got something and I want it." Yeah. And you know what? That's the way we need to live as Christians. Yeah. And so when, when tough times come on the job, amen, don't brag, don't nag, don't lag, and don't say, yeah. you got that? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now, uh. We're going to go over something that we didn't talk about before. We want to talk about the problems associated with submission. And and, and sometimes when we talk about submission, uh, a lot of times it's in the context of wives submit to your husband. And, and usually when submission is talked about, it's, it's, it's framed in that uh, context. But the subject of submission is far broader than just what wives are supposed to do. Y'all listening to me? Amen. And if, as believers, we want to walk in spiritual authority, amen, we're going to have to operate in a spirit of submission. And I'm going to show you, amen, I'll show you from the scripture. So we want to talk about, we're going to look at the problem of submission. And I'm not just talking about it in the context of wives. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about it in the context of believers. And it t- applies to wives that are believers as well. One thing, I said it last week because I didn't want to lose you. I don't know if I lost some this week, you know, in, in, in what I preached last week. Uh, but I said this last week, and I, and I bring it up again. Submission is not always the same thing as obedience. Submission is not always the same as obedience. You can operate with a submissive spirit, but not do what they're asking you to do because it's illegal. It's against the word of God. So submission is not always obedience. And moving forward, uh, the ultimate authority, as a believer, belongs to God. Amen. God is the ultimate authority, and uh, let's let, let's get into some scripture. Amen. Uh, Matthew twenty-two and nineteen. In Matthew twenty-two and nineteen, the the Pharisees were trying to set Jesus up. They wanted to be able to accuse him. Of, uh, uh, of, of speaking against wrong and uh, they wanted to put him on the horns of a dilema, uh, dilemma because if he sided with wrong then the Jews would be upset with him but if he went against wrong uh, then uh, the Roman authorities would want to get him so they were trying to, they were trying to uh, put Jesus on the, in the horns of a dilemma and so they asked him a question they said, Is it lawful to pay tribute or taxes to Caesar?
1: Yeah.
0: And in Matthew 22 and 19, Jesus says, Show me the tax money. Show me a coin. And so they brought him a denarii, which was a, uh, a Roman coin. Yeah. And he said to them, Whose image? An inscription is this. Who, who's the face on the coin? Who, whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar. The emperor of Rome. And he said to them, render therefore the things to Caesar that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are God's they thought that they were going to catch him on the horns of a dilemma and he said no, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar and to God the things that are God now there's a question that he could have asked them and there's a question that I want to ask you The, the next question that he could have asked is whose image are you You hear what I'm saying? Whose image? Okay, on the coin we got Caesar's image, so give Caesar what he deserves. But then the next question: Whose image and inscription is on you? And when you stop and think about it, God said, "Let us make man what?" My image. And after I likeness. And so, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But render unto God what belongs to God. Hallelujah. Um, Over in uh, the book of Acts, I'm talking about uh, submission is not always obedience. Over in the book of Acts, Acts 5.28, the magistrates had commanded the disciples to stop preaching uh, the name of Jesus. They say, you're upsetting us. We charge you, don't preach in that name. That was an ungodly government. Yep. Local government, but ungodly government. They told them, don't preach in the name of Jesus. But you know what the disciples said? The apostles, amen, boldly responded, we ought to obey God rather than man. So, so uh, you know, respectfully, we gonna do what God said. That's how Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were in Babylon, and they told them, "You got to eat the meat from the king's table," and and, and the meat on the king's table violated their uh, uh, dietary customs. And 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 they went and they didn't just strike and say, you know, we we ain't doing this. We ain't. and and picnic science, that's not what they did. They, but they went to the proper authority and and, and said uh, put us to a test give us give us vegetables and, and water and and, and, and and put us to a test and see uh, uh, how we do with that and they asked respectfully Amen. they came with a spirit of submission but, amen, submission is not always obedience. And God, uh, God, God calls them to pass the test, and, and they outshine the ones who compromise when we're eating at the king's table. You all with me? So let's talk about what does it mean to obey God rather than man. What are we talking about there? What does it mean to obey God rather than man? Number one, man has his rules and regulations and so forth and so on, but God's rule is ultimate. God is the ultimate authority, yes. and so uh, you know what you know what to, you know. It's kind of like uh, uh, I'm sorry to have to say this, sir, but respectfully, I can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it? I've got to obey God rather than man. Let's talk about what does it mean to obey God uh, rather than man. See, some of God's commands are qualifiable. And what I mean by the word some of God's commands are qualifiable, it means that they are not complete or they're limited. Some of God's commands, and I'm going to give an example, some of God's commands are not universal, but they're limited in scope. Can you say that with me? Limited in scope. scope. But then there are some commands of God that are unqualifiable. They're not limited. They're universal, and they're applicable in all cases. Now, I'm setting up the framework there, and I want you to think about it uh, 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 because I'm, I'm trying to answer the question, what does it mean to obey God? Let's go to the scripture. Uh, Romans 12, 18. And in Romans 12, 18, we have uh, a verse that starts with the word if. You all see that? Romans 12, 18. Starts with the word if. Amen. I've got it up there on the screen, and it says that if possible, So far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord. Now, Romans 12, 18, and 19 uh, gives an example of a qualifiable command of God and in in, verse 19, an unqualifiable command of God. And, and, And I want you to see that. In Romans 12 and 18... We have a command of God that is qualifiable. It starts with the word if. It says, if possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceably with all, or with all men, with all mankind. That is a qualifiable command of God. And the reason that it's qualifiable is because uh, you can do your part To have peace. But you can't speak for the other fellow. Y'all get what I'm saying? You know, it's on me to do my part. But I can't control what the other fellow does. And so, uh, you know, somebody was, you know, to say, well, uh, the Bible said that, you know, children of God, you're supposed to be peacemakers. You're supposed to live in peace. You know why is it that you and so-and-so can't get along? Well, what you got to understand is the scripture said, "If possible." If possible. Yeah. It's not always possible.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? It's not always possible. Amen. I got I got some family members right now that uh, 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 don't speak and, and 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 have issues, and and it's not that. Uh, I wouldn't apologize or try to get the, the, the situation cleared up. I've even made, uh, 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 you know, uh, entreaties and, and, and stuff and say, uh, you know, I'd like to talk with you. I'd like to try to clear the air. I'd like to. They don't want to talk. They, they don't want to clear the air. And so I'm only responsible for what I can do. And so that is a qualifiable command of God. It is not universal. It's not unlimited. It's limited. You all see that. So, what does it mean to obey man rather than God? There are some commands that God give us that, uh, if it's possible, we'll do it. So it says, "If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all." There's some folk that marry individuals and tried to make the marriage work but uh, uh, they couldn't they couldn't do it all by themselves and if somebody won't cooperate if they don't want to have any part in it if they you know, he says if possible if it's not possible you can't do it Amen. Amen. And, and and we just have to you know uh, talk it up that that's oh we just can't live next. Time. Some some folk, it wouldn't be good for them to be my neighbor. Some folk, it wouldn't be good for us to share, uh, uh, you know, uh, if possible. Not possible. So that is a qualifiable command of God. Now look at verse 19. Verse 19 is an unqualifiable command of God. Notice what verse 19 says, Beloved. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. What, 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 what is the word talking about there? Is God saying that you can't protect yourself? No, He's not. God's not saying that you can't protect yourself. But what God is saying, and this is an unqualifiable command of God, God is saying, notice what it said, beloved. See, it starts out with beloved. It's talking to believers. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. Now, that word never is unqualified. Because what do you mean by never? He means never. Never means never. So what is God saying? Uh, and, and, and I was trying to make sure that uh, I, I had it clear never uh, avenge yourself uh, he's not saying you can't protect yourself and I'm going to show you in a, in, in a scripture in just an instance of how you can operate in a submissive spirit but still protect yourself yeah. and, and, and so uh, uh, you can protect yourself but vengeance is when somebody's done something and then we sit up and plot and scheme and say, I don't like what they did, and I'm gonna get back at them. See it, see it. And 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 I'm gonna wait till it get dark, and I'm gonna wait till they're not expecting it, and and, and I'm gonna come from a direction that they're not looking for, and I'm going to get my revenge. God said never do it. Yeah, well, man, never do it. God. Some of us have been hurt by people. Have been hurt by people, and there's some people who have hurt us. That uh, uh, if we got the chance oh, yes. Oh, yes. and felt like we could get away with it, oh, yes. but the unqualifiable command of God, obey God rather than man, said never avenge yourselves. And, and 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 but but you know but, but, but the the. Uh, natural part of us would be crying out. That's not fair. Not fair at all. They, they, they hurt me. They did. They, that's not fair. But see, what God is saying, don't you ever do it. Never avenge yourself. But notice what he said. He's he, he saying, they're not going to get away. They're not getting away with it if you will submit to my authority. He said, believe it to the wrath of God. Leave it, amen. To the your your arms is too short, but amen. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, "Vengeance is mine, and I will repay." Hallelujah. And so, what you have to do is when you when 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 you, when you obey God rather than man, and you leave it to God. And, 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 and all you got to do is wait. Amen. God will handle them. And God can handle them better than you or I can handle them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? That, 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 that's less stress on you. You can move on with your life. That's, that, that's less indigestion and ulcers and high blood pressure. Amen. Trying to uh, uh, plot and scheme and try to get back at, amen, those that did something to you. Amen. God say, I'll handle it. You move on. Yeah. So right there, two verses right, right, right next together. Romans 12, 18 and 19. Uh, 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 18. Uh, qualifiable command of God, 19 an unqualifiable command of God. You all got that? If you got it, say, I got it, Pastor. I got it, Pastor.
1: Hallelujah.
0: So, when we come up against unjust authority, and the unjust authority tries to get us to Uh, do something that is contrary to the word and and, and the plan of God Uh, you ain't got to curse you ain't got to rant and rave you ain't got to act unseemly but you got to let them know Amen. I obey God rather than man and so when the time comes and we're commanded to do something against God's law and truth we obey God now uh, I want to get into uh, how to behave in a cave. And, and, and I'm thinking specifically you remember I told you obedience or submission is not always obedience uh, yes. a lot of times and, 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 and there are women that uh, you know a lot of preachers and, and and you know they like to bring out the, the scripture on the women uh, but submission is a broader subject than just wives will submit to your husband uh, there's a submission that the husband has to you know the husband submits to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Amen. Jesus, uh, God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man, yeah. and then the man is the head of his wife. Yeah. It, that, there's a symmetry. There's an order. Yeah. Amen. And 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 and. and uh, but uh, a lot of times we get it confused and 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 think that uh, you know that means. You know, we just call all the shots and, you know, and, and, and uh, what have you. Uh, and so I want to talk about uh, how to survive in the cave. And, and, and it backs up what I said earlier, that you can have a submissive spirit, but you do not have to always obey what the authority is telling you to do.
1: All
0: right. How to behave in the cave. And uh, the scripture reference that I want to give from that is in 1 Samuel 26 and 9. In our, uh, in our congregational reading, we read how uh, Saul had gotten angry. And, and, and Saul, Saul was a manic uh, when you When you look back on Saul's history... Uh, he would get in these moods. We, we we call it bipolar today. And and Saul would get in these moods, and and, and they brought originally they brought David, who was a musician, uh, because when he would play the music skillfully, it would help Saul overcome uh, his mania, his his his, his depressive mood. But what Saul didn't realize is that David was the next king and how God had David waiting in the wings and David was going to be the next king. And and eventually, I guess Saul got uh, some kind of way. He he noticed the people were rallying to David and he got jealous of David and tried to kill David. David was playing his instrument, trying to help him. And Saul's got a javelin in his hand, and all of a sudden he throws the javelin to David to try to uh, run the javelin through him. David escapes. David's got men with him and, 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 and what have you. And Saul is bent on destroying David. Yeah. Saul gets word that David is in a certain area, and, and Saul gathers about 3,000 of his men, his choice troops, They're going to hunt David down and kill him. Saul gets to a certain place, and he's got to use the bathroom. Some translations say take care of personal business, but he he had to use the bathroom. There was a cave. And so the cave that Saul decided to use for his bathroom happened to be a cave that David and his men were hiding In the back of the cave. So here Saul goes into the cave. And uh, he wants some privacy so he can use the bathroom. And and, And I remember as a child when I read this, I used to try to think about how did David cut the corner of his robe in the cave. And Saul didn't know it. But now that I've gotten a little bit older, I recognize Saul went in the cave and and took off his robe. So he could get, you know, comfortable to use the bathroom. And so while he's in a position using the bathroom in the cave, David and his men see him and recognize him. There that joke is. (laughs) Look what God has done. Caught him with his pants down. Yeah. You can get it now, yeah. and and the men, the men, uh, kind of you know edge David on, and David is saying, "Yeah, we can get it." And so David takes out a knife and gets close, and and it's the, he gets close enough to his robe, yeah. yeah. and he cuts a corner off the robe. And immediately, when he does that. Something happens, yeah. and, and and David begins to have second thoughts, and 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 David realizes what he's doing is not right. Now, now l- let me let me help you understand. We're talking about uh, the spirit of submission and how it is important if you're going to operate in kingdom authority. Yeah. And so, David at first is eager to get it, uh-huh. but when he cuts the corner of his role. Conviction comes on David. Here's a man that's running and trying to kill you, and and, and, and here's a man that is, what, what would we say today? He's cray He's crazy. Well, really, he's not crazy. He's got manic depression. He's bipolar. Amen. He's got uh, uh, some demons that are troubling him. And I'm not saying that all people that have mental illness have demons that's not what I'm saying but he had been dealing in familiar spirits and doing and, but 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 and so what what David uh, what 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 stops David is his conscience says to him what you're doing is not right notice what it said what you are doing is not right But they say, but look what he's doing to me, and and, and I'm having to run for my life, and and he's trying to kill me. But you know what I found out? Amen. When God deals with you, he does not deal with you about what the other fellow is doing. God deals with you about what you do and, and what you're not doing. A lot of times we want to tell, but God, they did this and they did that. Amen. God said, no, this is your session. I'm talking to you. Amen. And so in 1 Samuel 26 and 9, it says, But David said to Abasai, do not destroy him, for who can put out his hand against the Lord's anointing? And be guiltless. He's he's holding his men up. And he said. Can't do it. We can't do it. If we put our hand on him. God is going to hold us responsible. And notice. David with all that Saul. Has brought him through. David. David does not bad mo Saul's messed up he's a bad King but notice what David said but he's the Lord's anointing yes. he's the Lord's anointing you know sometimes we get in conflict with people uh, it could be a it could be a bad marriage uh, it could be a, a bad family relationship and and, and times we'll want to demonize them. Want to call them names. And sometimes in situations where there's a separation uh, one parent will bad mouth the other parent to the children. That's wrong. That's wrong. I don't care if their mommy is crazy. That's wrong. You, you don't bad mouth. Or it could be the husband that's crazy. But you do not bad mouth the, 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 the other spouse in front of the children. You don't do it. And and, and and when it comes to authority, we're talking about principles of spiritual authority. When it comes to authority, even a leader that is bad or wrong, if you want to operate in a, in a spirit of submission and you want to operate in the power and the authority of God, if God put him in that position, God is responsible to, to deal with it. All but right. you keep your mouth off of it. Yes. Yes. Talking about how to behave in the cave. David, David said to Absalom, and and, and and let me point out this distinction to you. You see, David is destined to reign. Absalom is not. Do you hear what I'm saying? David is destined terrain. Abbasah is not the folk. If if you side with what the folk are saying all the time, you're going to be in the position that the folk are always in. But if you want promotion, amen, if you want to be elevated, if, if, if you want your destiny, amen, to happen, you don't just side with what the folk are saying. Because the folk will mess you up, Absalom mess you up. Absalom said, "We ought to kill him." Hallelujah! Oh, yes. oh, yes. Hallelujah! Now, I'm talking about the fact that hey, Amen. You can have a spirit of submission, but you don't have to always obey. You see, David did not submit to himself being killed by Saul. Instead, he separated himself from the danger while keeping a submissive spirit Do y'all see what I'm talking about there oh, yes. amen uh, some folks say well I'm in a bad situation I'm in a bad marriage I'm, you know uh, and, and for a long time uh, it seemed like preachers were saying uh, uh, and, and the old mothers were saying well child you you, you just stay there and pray and and, 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 and God uh, uh, let God handle it and, and 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 he beat you upside your head and He's wow. dragging you by your hair and, you. and they say, Oh child, just just stay there. God, God does not want you to be physically abused. Yeah. God does not want you in a situation that's dangerous. Yeah, amen. And, and, and so here, amen. Uh, uh, David was living with Saul, and Saul was crazy. Yeah. David said, I'm out of here. Yeah. You ain't got to stay with somebody that's crazy. You ain't got to stay with somebody that's abusive. Amen. But even when he left, he still recognized the authority and and operated in a submissive spirit. You all see what I'm talking about there? So while I'm talking on the subject of husbands and and, and wives, uh, here's some questions that I think that a wife usually uh, is a situation of... Of a wife, sometimes. Although I've seen some situations where there've there been men who've been abused by women. But uh, here's some questions I think we need to ask uh, before, uh, you know, separation and and, and, and disobeying uh, the husband headship. Uh, I made the comment once before, but look like some of the weddings that I've been going to recently, uh, even in the vows, they you know. You know the, y'all know where some of the vows came from? You know, where it says, uh, uh, you know, to, to love and obey and, you know, so do you know some of those vows, those vows are based in scripture? Now, I don't know where the trolls came from, you know, I betrove and, you know, but some of those vows are based in scripture. But you know what I notice in our day and time, we're changing the vows. Amen. In the wedding now, the the wife doesn't pledge that she's going to bathe. It's getting to the point where it almost sounds foreign. But I'm here to tell you, if you want your home to operate as God intended it, God has an order. And when everybody is in their place, now the reason that our homes many times are in such turmoil is because we got an enemy that hates and does not want to see uh, strong Christian homes, yes. Yes. and and actively works to undermine them. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, the other the other problem we got is that we've got folk who don't obey the word. Yeah. Husbands not obeying the word, wives not obeying. Nobody's you know in the, in a lot of time, a lot of instances, nobody wants to obey the word. Yeah. But sometimes wives are getting situations and they, and and. and uh, you know, I, I used the scripture last week where Peter talked about uh, how that the wife, without a word, can, can, can sometimes win the unsaved husband. Not by nagging, but by uh, her chaste spirit. The example uh, that she lives, she can draw him with her witness. Sometimes. Sometimes the situation gets to the point to where it's dangerous. And so uh, there's some questions that uh, a wife needs to ask a man before she violates that, that marriage covenant. And uh, first when I was looking at it, I was thinking about this one. Have I, already, ha- have, have I already been living in a loving and wholehearted submission to my husband? Let's not talk about him first. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, have you been, you know, have you been living, you know, uh, in a loving-hearted uh, way toward him? Or have you been, you know, hell on wheels for the last two years? And, uh, and then you're wondering why the man is acting crazy. So, so the focus isn't what is whats he doing. The focus is what have you been doing? That's the first question neat that, 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 that comes up. Because remember what I said, when God deals with us, He deals with us first. Next question that uh, comes to mind, uh, you know, is he asking you to do something that's wrong? You know, is he demanding something that's wrong? Asking you to cook dinner every once in a while, that's not wrong. That's That's not unreasonable. Asking you to keep a clean house, That's not unreasonable. Now, he might need the help, especially if he's the one predominantly making the mess. And I'm not saying that it's all on you. You you can figure out how to. But but the question is, is what the husband demanding or asking, is it wrong? Is it unreasonable? And it's, you know, uh, uh, because one of the things that I've noticed is folk we like, they can ask us to do stuff, and we'll say, oh, that's no problem, I can do it. But then somebody that we're mad at, they can ask you to give them a drink of water. Get it yourself. I remember my, my, my parents broke us up from that where, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We had an allowance, and we go buy candy and, and what have you. And one of our friends from down the street was, can I have some? And we smiling and grinning, oh, yeah, you can have some. And then my brother or sister would come up and say, Can I have some? No, get away from here. You can. Um, my, 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 my parents say, Uh uh. Yeah. You, you, you don't treat the neighbor well and treat your brother bad. That's yes,
1: true. Yes,
0: so is he asking me to do something that's wrong? And then uh, the next question we need to see is uh, Am I or my children, are we in physical emotional or sexual danger. Are we in danger if we continue to stay here? If you're in a situation where it is dangerous for you or dangerous for your children, amen, then do like David, amen, if you got to go live in a cave, but get out of that situation. Y'all getting anything out of that today? And then the last question that needs to ask is, do I have a spirit of rebellion? And could it be that I am doing a thing with the wrong spirit? Yeah. See, sometimes we, we, we can get upset and we, and, and we get angry and we get mad and we're doing the right thing, but the spirit in which we're doing it is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I want you to remember... Amen. There is never an excuse to be disrespectful. There's, there's, there's never an excuse to be disrespectful. Amen. Y'all not gonna work it out. Amen. But 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 uh, you never want to be disrespectful to one another. Hallelujah. Let's talk about. I'm almost almost done. But let's talk about the price of submission. The price of submission. And, and 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 hear me all along. Some that came in in the middle of this. We're talking about principles of spiritual authority. And one of the things that I found is that if you want to operate in spiritual authority and and have authority over the world system. Uh, over the flesh and over the devil God is not going to give you that authority while you're acting like a rebel God's not going to give it to you and, 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 and you know what I began to look back over my life and, and, and there were some things that I had to go through while I was uh, growing up in my, in, in, in my parents home and uh, it's interesting, you know. We're talking about ungodly government or a uh, uh, mean boss or uh, uh, or uh, ungodly boss or mean spouse, but but for some of us, we grew up with mean parents. Some of them were mean and ungodly. And I I I, I, I hadn't really put it in the context. But I began to look back over my life and, and and some of the interactions and the dynamic that I had with my father living in, in, in his household and, and some of the stuff that he put us through. And, 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 and I thank God for my mother uh, encouraging us to still respect encouraging us to you know, uh, we're Christians. He's not, and so forth and so on. And some of the things she put up with, uh, I began to say, "I don't, I don't see why she's doing this. This, this don't make no sense, whatever." And some things she would ask us to do. And so I lived in a household with with with, with uh, a father that at times was unreasonable, and I had to respect his authority while I was in that house. Sometimes I had to bite my tongue. Sometimes I had to go in my room and and shut the door. And, 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 And I remember then, I used to wonder, Lord, why? Sometimes we would come from church, and my mother was at work, and when we would get dropped off at home, he'd be waiting at the door. And, and and not waiting so that we got in, say, waiting at the door so he could fuss at us and say, hurry up and go to bed, hurry up and do this. You know. We come from service, amen, and and, and get a blessing and then come home to a garage. One time I started a Bible study with my brothers and sisters during the summer, uh, because he wouldn't let us go to church for Bible study. And so uh, I said, well, I'll I'll start a Bible study with my brother and sister. we have it in my room. And we were having Bible study in my room with my brother and sisters. I called them in from outside playing in the evening time. And uh, we came up in the room and was having Bible study. And my father came in and saw what we were doing. And he told my brother and sister, y'all get out of here and go outside and play. And then my father began to fuss at me. And what he said was, you, 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 you're not out running the street. You're not doing this. You're not doing in here studying the Bible. And he tried to make me feel less for doing what was right. And the way he made it sound is, he would have been prouder of me if I was out doing wrong. And I'm not gonna go into the litany of everything that I went through, but what happened? What, what, what? I began to look back on. And it helped give me a perspective, and a perspective as a teenager. God was trying to coax whom God would use greatly. He allows them to be hurt deeply. And there were times when I was getting hurt and I didn't understand it. And what God was doing through what I was going through, he was preparing me for promotion. He was preparing me to operate at a young age with spiritual authority. You begin to see, when, when, when you get the principle and you begin to put your life in context, amen, stuff you said didn't make sense begins to make sense. He was preparing me at an early age. To operate in spiritual authority. Yes. Because he knew that at 19 years old, amen, I was going to be asked to pastor Bethel. Yes. He knew that at an early age I was going to come up against uh, uh, issues and, and, and demonic spirits and different things yes. that I had to be prepared. Yes. And so when we when, when we're talking about the price of submission. I I, I liken it like this. You know how some of you, when you're getting ready to uh, apply for a new job and and you want a promotion or you're getting ready to go to another company and you want to apply for a job, what do you do? Amen. You get your resume together. You get your resume together. Well, some of the things that we go through in life, amen, God is helping you to get your resume together. He's setting you. Picked out, to be picked on, and promoted. That's why I said earlier, David, amen, is is, is in line for promotion, but Abbasite is not. And the the counsel that Abbasite gives, oh, we can kill him. We can can get him now. He's, He's right there. And David, at first, moves on what they're saying. And then after he cuts the garment, and then he thinks to himself, wait a minute, this is wrong. I can't touch the Lord's anointing. Yeah. Hallelujah. So let me finish up here. Amen. The price of submission. It costs. Some things I went through, it costs. Amen. Some of you all, you'll be looking and you say, man, I want that anointing on my life. I want that power. I want, I want those gifts. Amen. You can say you want it, you want it, you want it, but you better check the price tag. There's a price to submission. 1 Peter 2.19 For this is commendable because of conscience toward God one endures grief and suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults and you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, and if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. According to 1 Peter 2 19 and 20, there is a price for submission. Notice, amen, notice what he said. This is commendable. So when when, when I talk about the the, the suffering, the things we go to, we we need to understand that it's strategic. You're not submitting to the unjust authority for the sake of them. You're not doing it because of them. You're not doing your job because of your mean boss. You're not doing it for them. Amen. But when you choose to go Through. through Notice what it says. Because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. It's not because of them, but it's because of him. Lord, you you, you got me here, and I'm going through, and and, and I can do something about it, but because I want to please you. And it's something I can say. Oh, and I can get them back, but I'm gonna hold my peace, and I'm gonna let you handle it. Hallelujah. And and, and so he begins that uh, in verse 19. This is commendable, and he ends verse 20. But when you do good and suffer, and you know what, it's it, it's, it's kind of that seems like an odd combination. To put good with suffering. Look like they don't fit together. In my vocabulary, your vocabulary, do good and suffering fit together? No. No. But in God's economy, and when it comes to spiritual authority, and when you keep your focus on him, suffering can become good. I think about Genesis chapter 50. Uh, the things that uh, Joseph went through in Egypt, at Potiphar's house, in prison, and, and, and all, again, what notice, he was building his resume. And God was setting him up for promotion. And when he is second in Egypt and his brothers come, and, and and you know the story, and 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 uh, it gets revealed and so forth and so on. And after after Jacob dies, they're afraid that that Joseph is going to take revenge against. Him. Yeah. And do you know what he said? Joseph says there in the 50th chapter, of the Book of Genesis, "You meant it for evil, but God yeah. meant it for good, yeah. that He might save." much people alive. The very thing. When you did it, you did it to hurt me. But God allowed it and he allowed it to help me. And now look where I am. And I'm not going to hurt you like you hurt me. But God put me here so I can save you. Amen. So let's wrap this up, Verse 21. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in His steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in His mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. And when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. And when when Christ committed himself to God, amen, he got a promotion. Amen. He has a name now that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God the Father. Hope you got something from the word today. Next week we're going to be talking about exercising the power of kingdom authority. Amen. But so so I, I, I hope I hope something that I said today helped bring